0: This is a unique podcast exploring the criminal justice system and those involved and affected will educate and expose the public as well as potential jurors to what takes place behind the scenes of those who are facing the system. Your host owns a litigation support firm called justice technology professionals, and he works on criminal and civil cases offering support to defendants and counsel. What you're about to hear is an open dialogue opening the minds to the public to what takes place in reality as opposed to what you think takes place. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the justice tech pros podcast. Here's your host, Dominic Crea.
1: Hello, listeners. Hope everybody's doing well. Today I'm going to do something a little different. Uh, it's beneficial to listen to this podcast on YouTube because there's gonna be a lot of visuals that accompany it and if you are just hearing it on the other platforms it'll be a little hard to uh, I guess to listen along because you'd want to see what what I'm referencing so I recommend only listening to this episode on YouTube and not the other platforms with that said today I'm gonna talk about a few informants that were involved in a case that I was part of and that is the case of Matthew Madonna, Stephen El Crea, Christopher Landonio and Terence Caldwell. Uh, One of the informants, his name is Frank Pasqua the third. He's been doing his um, he did his uh, tour of fame I like to call it where they like to go on all these different podcasts and brag and tell their tales, tell their long-winded tales that are usually about 90% fiction and maybe 10% truth. And I may be actually being a little generous with those percentiles, but I'll leave it at that. I figure uh, I figure that's about right. Um, on, on, on Frank Pasqua's Vlad interview, he made a point of saying how he wasn't an informant when he was in Mississippi and he didn't become an informant until after they transferred him and he was up in New York. And after he got arrested uh, in Mississippi, they transferred him to New York, um, up into Putnam. It's, it's a convoluted story. If you, if you listen to the Vlad interview, you'll see. But the bottom line is he's lying, just like everything else that comes out of his mouth. And the proof is in the pudding, so I like to back up what I say with examples for those listening along. And the truth is, for the listeners, it's not really imperative to be familiar with the case at all. What I I always want my listeners to do is look at the grand picture of things. And this will give you an example of how informants work. Uh, They want to go around, break the law, do whatever they want to do, and keep their get-out-of-jail-free card in their back pocket. So they never have to be accountable for whatever deeds that they may be involved in. And he, here's a prime example of one of them. Uh, all this guy does and did was give information and that allowed him to break the law left and right. Uh, so he could sell his drugs and do what other uh, uh, what other uh, degenerate items he chooses to do, I guess. Uh, dealings and whatnot. So... That's what we're going to focus on a little bit today. Now, remember, he did say that he was uh, he didn't cooperate when he was in Mississippi. If you listen to the Vlad interview, go to the Vlad and Frank Pasqua, you'll see what I'm talking about. He said he wasn't a cooperator in Mississippi, and I'm going to show how that's a lie, and how he was just feeding lies left and right to try to circumvent any... Issues he may have with the criminal justice system, and he didn't want to get involved in that. He didn't want to get tied up, I guess, or, you know, the normal, the normal informant move, they want, they want to do whatever they want to do. And then when the time comes, if they have, if they get jammed up, they're willing to give whatever information they have, or I should say they're willing to make up lies to get out of the jam that they may be in. So just to give you a little substance here, here he is, he's getting pulled over uh, out in Mississippi. Uh, They're pulling his car over now. Uh, I'll let this play a bit.
2: Uh, two
1: times. No, 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 Jesus Christ. No. That was pretty funny. Eh? <laughs> the guy brought out the machine gun, the cop uh wasn't crazy about that. (laughs) I guess he startled them a bit. So here he is. He's getting pulled over. Now we're going to go to um, a certain mark on the video. Uh, I just wanted to point this mark out because this is where he, uh, uh, he just comes, not that he comes clean, but the cop gets it out of him that he's still using. He's still doing heroin, things like that. Now what he tries to tell the uh, officer is that the needle that the officer finds on him is for GH. Now the officer's not stupid because there was a spoon with it as well so he wants to know if he's doing GH why does he have a spoon? He never seen anybody need a spoon for GH. It's obviously heroin. So I'll let you listen to that a little bit.
3: I got it. I, I, uh, I
2: Right. Well, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. okay. You tell me gh I understand. You're a man. I get it. Right. 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 Needles, and then I find a spoon oh, sure, Yeah. And I don't understand people that shoot a gh with a spoon. you know no, what no, I mean. No, no, no. Okay. okay. No, so if no, you yeah. tell me you got a little issue, that's fine. All right. I say why I'm You do. Yeah. But if you do not
3: understand, you don't know how to it I literally got off the plane
1: Okay, so he says, no, I got a big issue. So right off the bat, you know, the guy's addicted to drugs. Um, You know, unfortunately, when people are addicted to drugs, you can't really count too much on what they say to be truthful. So there's the first lie that he tells the officer. I I found that um, telling and just par for the course, just goes along the same The same set of boundaries where everything's just lies and tales and sees who he can get away with it. Now here we are just a little something to highlight the character of this individual that the government apparently trusted his word and trusted what he says and felt he was a credible witness. And here's a little bit of his character where he talks about how he's cheating on his girl with another girl who he calls her a junkie. So I'm just going to let that play. Not really too relevant, but something that just highlights character.
3: Just
2: going here. The is I,
3: just I, like, I I feel like i get himself out of some shit, she got into uh, this girl's the This she's just a good bullshit, she told me like two weeks ago that she got out of the house in front of the people for the cops, and I was a deal with uh, the point that I was talking to her all day, and while I was in New York, yeah. mm-hmm. and now there's like Adam's cops, I so feel like mm-hmm. all totally the time mm-hmm. to go, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, holy to go through there, you're not going to find anything, that are not going the shit, you're not going to all oh, day long, she's been texting me. I was texting
2: with
3: her and talking a lot. I can't tell mm-hmm. But I could guess they can't leave my girl to hear it. She can't sit me off the phone, we'll go to the hotel we'll room. You know, the deal. We'll party with these chicks. And I really want my girl to find out about it. But I'm uh, telling you, uh, go, ahead go ahead and go. I mean, I got you. I mean, that's what it does. I've worked for you guys now, I, I guess. but...
1: Okay. All right. So here he is. He's, he, his theory is apparently this girl ratted him out. That's what I guess he's trying to tell the cop that the girl ratted him out. And that's why the cops pulling him over. But that's not true. The cop talks about it later on. He says nobody dimed you out. They've been following him, I guess, as far as uh, his drug dealing. Uh, this is the um, narcotics division. And the officer explains that nobody dimed him out. He's been, uh, he's getting followed and they're onto what he's doing. But it just goes to show right away he's pushing blame. He's trying to blame some girl. His character, and to me, uh, that says a lot. This would have been something very useful if we were allowed to use this to paint the character. Uh, would it have would it changed things a lot once you're able to really dissect the character of these witnesses or these informants. I should say these lying informants that come on the stand and they keep a lot of this out on purpose Uh, this now just to be clear and I'm gonna pull it up this is not part of the protective order the information I'm sharing now was obtained by uh, the defense team this just shows how you could get this type of information Uh, you put a letter together and you send it's public record, so you put a letter together. Together, you send it to the appropriate department, and you ask for the information. And they got to turn it over to public information. So just to be clear, uh, for those listening that are looking, obviously, uh, people aren't going to be crazy about this. So I'm sure they're going to look for any kind of fractures in this to exploit. But this was not part of the protective order. This is public information that was requested by the defense team. Now, this part is also telling because of his brag stories on the John A. Light podcast and on Vlad of how he stand up. And he didn't want to turn informant, but people, I don't know, I think he tried saying people set him up or his dad tried setting him up or his dad, I don't know, he tried making up some tale. But here's the bottom line. with seven minutes, it's gonna be in eleven seconds into him getting pulled over. And immediately immediately he tries to give the cops info in exchange for leniency. Twenty seven minutes after getting pulled over. I'm gonna play that. You'll hear what he says and then I'll I'll talk about it.
2: I mean, about it. like you said, I am cop
1: Okay, so right there again, he uses that line. That's like their line, stand up. They, they they seem to, all these lying informants have that in common, where they think their gauge of what stand up actually means something. I find that pretty comical, so... He's saying, you know, I try to be stand up, but the people I'm dealing with down here aren't stand up. So we could talk about something I could give you. And then you heard the cops say, all right, we'll talk about it. So he's already throwing hints that he could give them information on people down there. And if you notice, again, it's always everybody else's fault of why he wants to give information. So I guess down in Mississippi, they don't adhere to his bar that he set of what stand up and being they were under that bar of being a stand up person that justifies him giving information and lying. And, uh, you know, I don't know anything about that case down there, what information he gave down there, but it just sets the tone of how this guy operates. So it has nothing to do with some ridiculous stand-up gauge. It's a matter of you get caught and you're going to give information on people so you don't have to do any time for it. You don't have any accountability for it. Get the, the, the least of the possible repercussions as possible. You know, you want to try to avoid anything negative by giving information on others and not being accountable for your own actions. That's really what it boils down to. Now here he is again, just an example of how he just lies left, left and right. Now he's lying to the officer. Uh, rather than just say nothing, if he wanted to supposedly be, you know, quiet or whatever he thinks, and stand up in his turn, he could have just been quiet, but he lies left and right. And now the officer catches him in a lie. I'm just going to play that. But,
2: you know, if you got, you know, if you got, I found the needles and then I find the I mean, you know. spoon. He, he does a system, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, then I find it for boxing, you know. So I kind of feel like we're just going to, like, downhill, you know what I mean?
3: You know what I mean?
1: Okay, so he just gets caught in a lie, and then he says, oh, I tried tried to throw it past you, and that's what a lot of these line informants do, they're, they're con men, they see what they can get away with, they try to read people, they try to trick people, lie to people, all for their self-serving interest that's really what it boils down to okay now here we are with 30 minutes in after he got pulled over and this is gonna be his second time where he tries to tell the cop he'll give him information and work with them and uh, inform on other people to try to get out of this so in less than in less than 31 minutes there's already two times to try to offer to be an informant now for the guys down in Mississippi and that winds up playing out later on I'm going to show you where he takes their number tells them he'll work with them all that all that nonsense I'll
3: get I proud of myself
1: So basically, he just said, listen, if I could uh, get out of what's going on here, I'll give you something that could help you out. And he goes, then he goes on, I'm paraphrasing, but he goes on to say like he's sick of, you know, paying for other people's crimes. Meanwhile, this guy, he gets pulled over. There's guns, there's ammunition, there's heroin, there's boxing. And you hear the cop say, okay, we'll get there, we'll get there. Even the cop don't want to entertain it right now. He's trying to do his job. And you got this guy uh, just begging to give information on somebody, begging to work with them to get out of his predicament. And again, par for the course. This is normally the playbook of these lying informants. This is how they operate. And this is kind of an inside look of how they operate where you're seeing it right in front of you. Okay, this part is interesting as well. The cops gonna ask him if he has anything else on him, and uh, he lies and says he doesn't. And it comes out later, which I'll show you later on, that they're actually laughing about it. He apparently took heroin and put it upside his backside. He put it in, (laughs) I apologize for laughing. He put it in his uh, backside, in his keister to hide it. So, and you hear the cops laughing about that. I'll play this part.
2: Well, right now you're not under arrest. So, what I'm telling you is that if you got anything else on your person right now, in you, in your stomach, I don't don't care where it is, I need to know about it right now before it does get worse for
3: you.
2: You know, if you walk into that facility up there, that's a felony, right? It doesn't matter if it's another needle on you, it's a felony. All right. So you don't care to talk about what happened down there? Nobody dimes you up, we watch, we watch stuff like that. We know what transactions take place.
1: Yeah, so there's what I was saying earlier. The cop told him nobody, nobody uh, told on him. Uh, The the officers just know what was going on in that place. That's what he was asking Do you want to talk about what went on down there? I guess they were dealing drugs at some establishment or something and He assumed somebody ratted him out, which is pretty ironic. But anyway, he assumed somebody Told on him so the cop just made it clear. No, that that's not the case. Nobody told on you. We've been we've been watching Now again the the purpose of this is to show the lies uh, and that's the problem here where these guys are being hailed as reputable informants who are important and know information. And the, and the truth is, it's just all lies. They don't know people. They're not involved with people. You, you'll, you'll see it later on. He even claims he was a, I think he says he's a made member in, uh, in an organized crime. That's, that's news to the defense team. That wasn't presented anywhere. So it's just all about the posturing and trying to impress people and bragging. And you you can actually hear one of the cops later on get aggravated with him where he says, he thinks like who he is, is pretty amusing. So we'll get to that. Okay, and here we are again. Now we're an hour and 19 minutes. This is his third time trying to offer information in exchange to save himself. And he actually says that if there's a way I could help myself and the cop again says, we'll get there. So I'm gonna play that, here's his third time now, trying to inform and give information. Now remember, this is the same guy who on Vlad said he wasn't an informant during this time when he was in Mississippi. Huge lie. Yeah, absolutely, we'll
2: get there, we'll get there. All
3: right, we'll have yeah,
1: we'll man. Yeah, we man. All right, so he he said I got a lot of information on on a lot of people. Uh, he said I'm just looking to help myself if there's any way I could help myself and the cop just keeps telling him we'll get there. So again, there's three times of him of him uh, offering to exchange information to get it let off the hook. And that's the M.O., you know, that's the M.O. to try to work things out, to leverage information. And it all goes back to, as I believe, you're born an informant, you're not made one. And this guy's just a lying informant. He doesn't even tell the truth. He doesn't even tell truth on interviews. He just just lies to make himself seem more important than he really is, makes up lies about people, makes up lies about people he don't even know. Uh, now, apparently, he's a made member in an organized crime family, which he's going to say later on, which again would be news to the defense team. Never heard that. So, um, let me bring up the second part of this. There's another tape. Now, this was really it as far as when he got pulled over and arrested. But now they bring him back to the precinct, and the questioning continues, and his offering up information continues. All right, here they are at the precinct now, and the cop is, I guess, now that they're back at the uh, station, the cop's trying to see what kind of information he could get out of them, and he asks him right out. He, basically, you're going to uh, give some information, and of course, Frank says, "Yeah, I wouldn't have went this far if I wasn't." So I'm just going to let you play, uh, hear it. You have to make sure you're so the cop asks him you're going to make some shit happen for us frank and he says i wouldn't went this far if i wasn't so this is setting up the whole the whole process where he Wants them to then reach out to the feds to bring him up to New York so he could start working with them in that capacity. It seems like from the information he's given here, because he does talk about how he talks to the feds in New York, I guess at this time he was just feeding them information as a CI, a confidential informant, and he was just giving them information here and there, not full-blown informant. Uh, and i guess this is this experience is what had that transition take place from a confidential informant to a full blown informant just working for them full time i guess uh the other thing i want to show you i spoke about this a little bit briefly earlier he asks them for their number so he could get their uh, get their information so he could call them when he has things going on so i'm going to get to that part and here they are exchanging information.
2: All right. yeah. so anything you got
1: I just wanted to block out part of the, uh. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to block out part of the officer's number and you heard him, he said that's the only number I need so he wrote down his contact, put it on a card so now he has another officer he could work with giving information to whoever I guess Uh, I guess down there for whatever uh, cases Uh, the other thing I want to show you is what I talked about earlier where the officers are kind of laughing because he he hid heroin in his backside, so let me pull that up. I'll let this play. This is them talking about uh, him hiding the heroin in his backside. you're <laughs> <laughs> so I guess when um so I guess when when uh, the officer was searching him Frank got a little startled by the officer reaching where he had to reach to get the drugs. And he said, hey, what are you doing? So they were laughing at that. But again, just goes to show the character, just goes to show what these guys are all about. Now, the other um, item I'm going to talk about, what they did was after they got him back to the precinct, then they brought in, I guess, the higher up to talk to him. And that wasn't recorded. That's audio only. So I'm going to play some sections of that and talk about that a little bit. Now remember, this is all the same night of when he got arrested. This all took place the exact same night. So to go back to it, keep harping on it, lying again to Vlad, lying again about his story, everything's just a lie. That's the bottom line. It's all just a lie. Everything that comes out of this mouth, this guy's mouth, is nothing but a blatant lie, and it's proven time and time again. Now here he tells the cop he don't want to talk on camera. And this part's pretty interesting because the cop gets annoyed when the cop tells him that this Frank thinks who he is. He's got like this attitude and that's not going to happen. So I'm just going to let you hear it and we'll talk about it a little bit.
3: I are no, not involved in Canada? My guy? The young gentleman seems
4: to know yeah. who I am. I don't, do you know who I am? So I'm not going to talk on Canada. It's funny you can hear, but it's not in well. <clears> this <throat> one. So right now you're listening
3: to invoke your Miranda, right? No, I'm not going to talk on Canada. I don't want this Canada to play for... Some dirty fed who's going to show it to one of the guys who works for the crew I'm in. Uh, you understand?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I think I missed the beginning of that. What happened you
3: don't want to him? You I don't know, I'm told. I'm told you guys, i ran out not do it a. So now I'm doing this. That's
4: good. I am still be doing it. All you have to do is get him to sign this and agree. All, right. all, right, let, yeah, 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 all right. All right, listen. Let's do this. Yeah, listen to what you're to say. This is your Miranda warning, all right? Go here me. You do not have to say anything. You've an absolute right to remain silent. Anything you might say can and will be used against you in a courtroom. You have the right to talk to an attorney before talking to police, and you may have the attorney present while being questioned. You can provide it with an attorney if you want one, and if you can't afford one, the attorney will be provided without charge to you. If you do not desire to answer any questions or if you desire to discontinue the interview at any time, you may you will not be compelled to continue. You understand that? This says, I, Frank Pasqua, I've, I've read, or I've had read to me the above statement. I've been informed of my constitutional rights and <coughs> understand my rights. All right. That's right. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anthony. All right. This is I rank. Well, I've been informed of my rights to remain solid and the right to have an attorney present during any question. I've been informed that in the event I cannot afford an attorney And so desire, one will be appointed for me. I understand that in the event I choose to answer questions or make statements that I cannot. Huh? I'm committing much overposing. No, that thing thing thing. you can stop at any time. Yeah, I got you. I'll start with read too. Mm-hmm. I fully understand my rights. I wish to waive those rights and agree to answer questions. No
1: now he's just reading him uh, you know the rights and uh, just letting him know basically he could stop the interview at any time. But what I wanna I wanna get to the part where the cop gets a little aggravated with him. I, I found that I found that amusing. Now he also talks about how he wants to use the girl that he was um, pulled over with as a bargaining chip. He wants her to get out and he'll give them information. He's basically trying to act as if he's dictating how this is going and the cop lets him know that's not the case. So I'm going to let this part play out. There's a few things in there that are interesting. I believe the listeners would want to hear. And again, this all goes back to, you got to understand the main theme here. This is one of the informants on a case I was involved in. There's a few, uh, I'll, I'll show another one and one of the items from the, another one. There was a few on that case and I could little by little pull apart all of their lies. Now I'm limited because a lot of the information I can't share due to the fact that it is under protective order. If I was allowed to, it would probably take one or two episodes to completely discredit all of these informants. So I'm limited in what I could work with I'm, I'm showing, information that we obtained on our investigative side that wasn't part of the protective order and that's why I'm kind of limited but this gives you a good insight as to the lies this guy tells he's not what he made himself out to be he's just a drug addict he's selling drugs he's a drug dealer he's making moves in Mississippi with other drug dealers he got jammed up is is claimed the fame is he knows people and this and that but he don't know anybody he never knew anybody uh he he, he talks about his dad he talks about different families and you're going to hear that now i'm going to let it play
3: uh, what well, we don't uh, uh, you know
4: in case I was some
3: shit out there. Was... she me? Was she Well, i tell
4: you ago, night, right? Yeah, but I want to talk about me. I want her out there. You know what I
3: mean?
4: And yeah, we could do plenty. But I want her as a chick. Well, right now, the charges are with me for you, okay? Mm-hmm. you also have stand a chance to get federal charges. you sure. sure. right? Yeah, sure. These are friends. I'm sick. So, when you talk to us tonight, what we go over and what we talk about stays between us and if we like what you
3: say, we'll go from there. Um, do you guys know um, Jerry and the general staff that I'm speaking to in New York? This is the first year. you are fresh to this, right? That's to this. Mm-hmm.
0: Several things are going to happen here in the next few minutes. They're going to answer you some questions. Some of those questions, they know the answers to. Some of them, they don't. Some of them are going to be the ones that are going to be asking You to check your credibility,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
0: and then it's going to be incumbent upon you to tell them. Don't ask us. Do you know? Hey, there's this person here. We're in touch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You. you. Can say, you know, that's. Let's start that, and whatever you do, and I talk to a uh, helmet tongue, and, and I'm going to hold my tongue with let you talk but do not, I repeat, do not, we're going to be very gentle and I think that they've been outstanding doing that. Do you know what of them, too? Yep. Not gonna, but I think they've been, being that you were in the particular situation that you're in, I think these dudes have been... Overreaching and being gentlemanly towards you. doing the
3: job the way that John can do the job. I'm doing my job the way I'm doing. Please don't come in
0: here like you're king shit.
3: I'm definitely not.
0: Listen not, to wait, me. Listen, listen to me. Do not come in here like you're king shit and dictate how this is going to be run. No, I see. Uh, and that's I'm just putting that out there, okay? Am you know,
3: I pushing push you? Right well, now. I just, kind of go like, am I
0: going to do this? I'm well, I am
3: I going to do that? That's what you do. I just I prefer not to talk on camera. Yet. That's that's cool. Yeah.
0: Understood all right now you were you're about to explain who these people were
3: no I just went when I'm out the and when look familiar to me and I, you know probably have across paths before and I just didn't know if this was part I didn't know if they were aware of me yet. obviously they're not so i we'll just going go ahead with this the way they want to
4: here's the thing right now you're helping you
3: uh-huh.
4: We got our case, okay. all right. So this is all on you, for you, right now. See what I'm saying? Uh-huh. All right. that? You know that? You know, no.
1: Okay, and then he goes on. He starts giving information about the people down there, and I don't want to play that. Um, I guess he's just trying to hook up with them to have a safe passage in Mississippi while he works as a confidential informant for them in Mississippi. But that didn't pan out obviously because the fed scooped them up and brought them to New York. They had bigger fish to fry. So now I'm going to let it play and you'll hear him talk about how he talks to an FBI agent in New York, but they don't record anything and that's how a CI works. They just give them information Uh, Keep them up to speed with things. So again, all a lie about him saying the reason why he ratted, had something to do with his dad, basically listen to whatever podcast he's been on and all the reasons he gives for lying is a complete lie. Uh, For for informing, which is the same as lying because he's telling lies, but all the information, the reason why he became an informant, it's all a lie. He's been working with them for a while now, he's going to talk about that, how he has uh, a Fed's number, and he talks to the federal agent. So I'm going to let that play.
4: The information not provide, provide to us. would be, be absolutely, absolutely ignorant, falling for to, to be out there showing it. Showing it to I understand, understand you're that you're from New York you probably deal with for F-C, or have seen things your day and dealt with tripping folks
3: whatever.
0: Um, You're talking, talking FBI. Mm-hmm. Right? right? You're talking, talking FBI. We, we're in the same church. We're on, we're on a different pew.
3: You get your point. That's why when I was dealing with these guys in New York, they specifically came to me because we made a comment to someone I was working with that Pinch was coming in in November, last November. And that, that, that caught their attention. So, well, how, how come you know that pitch is coming in? Because there was a pitch in. coming in that November. November. And they pitched the majority, majority of our crew that, that November. November. That trickled November. down to me from, from somebody who somebody heard from a Fed. That's so, that's why I'm careful with the recordings, recordings and, recordings and, and with. But it was the FBI where the meat came from. Tracking.
0: Okay. You understand. We are Feds. We're not FBI. All right. All right. Let me go a little bit better. Okay. okay, so, so yes. you, we you can do certain things, and I'll, show, I'll you. show you. I'm going to bullshit you. Yeah. Yes, okay? okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, you're
3: in the, the same church. church. You're in the same yeah,
0: church.
4: How long, how long get, did you, you make it from New York to Mississippi? you
1: Now, what I find amusing about this next segment the officer's pretty intelligent. It doesn't make sense to him. He's acting like, Frank Pesquad acting like this big shot in New York. And the officer is basically saying it doesn't add up. Why are you down here? Did you get chased? Why would you be down here? And it's a valid point. If he's so important and he has so many ties, why is he in Mississippi doing drugs, selling drugs? So the, the cop's no dummy. And... Uh, you know, you could just hear it, watch how it plays out and he's just now's a nice B S session. He gives a good BS session now. So I'm just gonna let that play.
0: You uh you uh you're down You're at Staten of, or the of the or Brooklyn. where do you Yeah. You were down, 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 down,
3: down, down, down here you were down here, down here, here, here in Mississippi from the Bronx from the Bronx.
0: You didn't get you
3: didn't get they didn't, push, they didn't you push you out of the brother. i I'm telling Come you. Come
1: on, man. Now that part made me laugh because even the <laughs> the cop found that ridiculous. I don't know if you caught that, but he goes, If I got chased, I would have killed them. And the cop said, Come on, man. Because in one breath, this guy's acting like he's part of this big criminal enterprise. But if he got chased, he'd kill everybody in this huge criminal organization. Even uh, an officer down in Mississippi knows that's ridiculous. Knows that it just sounds ridiculous. This guy's trying to make himself sound like King Kong and Godzilla wrapped up into one. And even uh, this officer knew it was ridiculous. From Mississippi, who probably doesn't know much about this bullshit that Pasqua's even talking about. So I found that pretty amusing.
0: With
3: nothing, with nothing. 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 Okay. I'm, I'm a member, I'm a member of good standing.
1: With friend. With friend. I told you, I told you we're okay. Okay. okay, did you hear that? Now he's a member. He's a member in good standing. I guess there's different levels of standing in these organizations. So he's a member of good standing. Again, news to the defense that apparently he was a member.
0: Who could
3: box for Who could box for you? Right now, who could box for you? You really, really have no idea. You really have no idea. You guys never heard me, you guys never heard me before. Before, hmm. like before, before the I know who. Like, like, I know like, who. Like, I know like, who. Like, I, I know who. The Casey family. Captain Stevie Krieger. I don't ask who's with the Where, where? There
1: he goes with the name dropping. And what's funny is he's telling these cops, "You really don't know who I am." Look at the ego. He expects cops in Mississippi to know about a drug addict. Why would they know who you are, buddy? You're a drug addict in Mississippi from New York. Why would they know who you are? Because you're nobody. That's why they have no idea we you're talking about. And the, the officer is like, no, I heard of this family in New York. I, you know, I never heard of you. And there he goes. He has to start dropping names. Has to drop the big names.
3: I, got, I, I vouch
1: for other people. don't have to vouch for me. Okay, that was, that was a classic line right there. He's so important. He vouches for other people. They don't have to vouch for him. It gets funnier and funnier. The more you listen to this, it gets funnier and funnier. And the truth is it would be funny if four innocent people weren't in jail because of this lying. You know what? Now remember, this was the guy who was responsible for the grand jury indictment in the first place. This is the guy who went to the grand jury and put the pieces of the puzzle together to get people indicted. This lying, drug addict, drunk... Drug dealer, heroin user, is who they relied on to get a grand jury indictment and sent four men to jail based on his lies. I'm
3: not trying to break. Trying to break. I, 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 I walked, walked know, away from it. I was trying to get out of it. You know, You're be you, honest you, with you. you. i hooked up with this girl. You I wanted, wanted to be together. You, I was. I was, 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 was ended up back in New York. So I started hustling a little bit to make enough money for us to get a place. Here. Here. Yeah. And
2: that's why you call me to do it tonight. So nobody in Madison, you hit Jackson. You live, here, but you live
0: here,
3: but you don't live here
1: anymore. Now you live where? I live in live in is nonsense. And he starts giving them information on the people in uh, in Mississippi. So I'm not really going to get into that. That's not my business. And that's neither here nor there. Uh, my focus is just to show all the lies this guy's telling on podcasts, lied to the grand jury, lied to his handlers, lied to the FBI agents. This guy lies to everybody, lies to everybody. Lying to the officers that are interviewing him now, just nonstop lying. Now the other thing I wanted to show was after the feds moved him and brought him up to Putnam, he's continuing to commit crimes while he's working as an informant. So here's an article that was in Westchester paper and it's basically showing how Frank Pasquale was charged with first degree promoting prison contraband. So he was selling drugs in jail. So now here he is a federal informant they moved him from Mississippi they got rid of the Mississippi charges or minimized the charges made that kinda go away didn't have to do time for that bring them up here get them in the system have them work for him and he's still selling drugs while he's working for them he's selling drugs and breaking the law and they still go through with it they still push him through still use them it's amazing absolutely amazing now the other thing I want to show you which you may be looking at your screen going, what the hell is this? This was during our investigation that we uncovered. This is a picture of his girlfriend. Uh, I believe it was his girlfriend or somebody he was seeing. And here he is threatening her. He draws, he draws stitches on her breasts, on her face. I, I obviously removed her face. I don't want, there's no reason for anybody to see that. But he draws uh, scars going up her right side, or left side. On her breast, and he writes the word soon across it. So here he is, he sends her a picture threatening to cut her all up. Again, here is the character you're dealing with, ladies and gentlemen. Here is the character. I don't understand how this is what federal.